Say It Out Loud, a podcast by Chasing the Rainbows, with your host, Bernice Quisenberry. On this week's episode, it is called Living Intentionally, and it's with Bree and B. Hey, Bree. Hello. Thank you so much for joining. Yes, thanks for having um, me. Yes. So my voice sounds the way it does because we had the flu last week. Yeah. Um, still bouncing back. I know. Oh, goodness. takes forever I'm just to glad bounce our back. Family. Yes, it sure does. It sure does. And like, so I have a little bit of a cough. So please pardon my coughing mid um, session if I do, or you know. But the frog in my voice, you know, it's. I'm just grateful this is all we're left with after, yes. you know, going through the flow. So I'll take this Absolutely. any day of the week than what we were enduring. Yeah. Yes. Um, but this week's episode is all about um, living with purpose, with meaning. Um, it, You know, this basically happened to, to me and Brie, you know, you can touch on your own experience. But, you know, after we lost our babies, how... Like we needed to seek out our community, um, you know, our tribe around us and who we, you know, consumed our time and days with, especially when we know how precious life really truly is and how we live out our lives and like who we fill it with. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, it was a kind of a reality check of what's really important and who is really important. Um, and to live intentionally is you know, you don't really think about it until you lose something so precious to you. And then suddenly you're like, you know what? This actually doesn't really matter. That person doesn't really matter. And like you start living with intention and I, it can be a beautiful thing that has come out of tragedy. Really? It, I mean, truly. And I think it also puts situations into perspective. It puts mm. scenarios into perspective. It puts all of that in there because I just honestly, right after loss and to this day, I just don't have the mental capability or capacity to even want to deal no. with it if it's mm -hmm. not something. Um, but it's also like I'm not consuming my time with that drama or, you know, those things that don't matter, which is great because yes. I have a really, like you said, out of tragedy, if I can take, you know, something out of that, you know, even though it's ugly and all of that. But to take something out is, um, is you know, if we can be left with this, at least it gives us something, yes. if that makes sense. No, I agree. And it's, and like you had mentioned about situations and, and, and like people and things that you just, you know, your, your time is precious. And I feel like yes. it's a lesson learned um, through the loss uh, that we experienced. And um, I want to put my time effort all of that into things that are meaningful um, Absolutely. and that will be a positive, productive, um, you know, contribution to my life, not something that's going to add to the weight Drain. of my life. Yes. Draining. Stuff. Right. And I think it's important because of how heavy that weight really was and it can be and is still to this day after losing our babies and we still feel that. So anything that actually makes us later helps me to grow, you know, and, and do all those things larger than my grief is something yes. that I want to fill my cup and day up with, you know, and yep. 
um, and keep me going and moving forward and continuing to put one foot in front of the other. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there was a bunch of things. I know we've talked about this question my whole entire life. I know you question things, you know, we've talked about it, but Mm -hmm. it's like really narrowing it down with intentions, right? So, you know, how to fill our days. And one of those Mm -hmm. big things that I needed to look at was my career. Like, how am I, I know I need to support my family. I knew I need to have a career, you know, right after we lost Brooke, because you have all those medical expenses, you have the funeral expenses, you know, and and if you went through um, any kind of infertility treatment, you know, all those things that you need to try to revamp, it's like how, and is this really what I want to be doing with my life? And I questioned my career. That was yeah. one of the big things for me. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I can understand that. And I think, um, you know, it, it all comes back to what brings you joy and, yeah. you know, you, you've learned that life is short and like you want to fill your time with things that bring you joy and, um, and, and, you know, and even just like being able to share your experiences and help other people and give you purpose through that pain that you experienced. Um, and all of that, I could see why, you know, questioning your career path all of a sudden is like, well, wait a minute, this used to bring me joy, but now suddenly I've experienced this horrific tragedy and it doesn't bring me joy anymore. What am I doing with my life? Oh, I know. And that's exactly where I was at because, you know, looking at it, working for corporate America and how they treated, you know, my whole entire loss, you know, after, um, you know, Brooke passed when she was five and a half weeks old, I was medically cleared at six weeks to return to work and Crazy. then only get three days to grieve. And it's like, I'm still, you know, trying to figure out what life is, what this looks like, because, you know, I only had a week or so, you know, yeah. and look that it's like, okay, like, in my opinion, I was like, now I see um, like what, you know, how, how I was treated, what it looked like. And it did, it started to really open up some questions for me then like, is this something I want to be doing? Or how do I want to spend my days? And you're right, like it, it was for me, I'm going to take my experience. And this can't be it that you know, that we're given as support services and things when we're baby loss survivors. So that's why, you know, we do that daily approach so people can tailor it to their mm-hmm. their needs and to their schedules and not make it stressful on them and just come as you are. And, you know, that was so much more important to me and to make something out of this than, yep. you know, continuing um, down my corporate America path and selling for the man, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and I, I think that's like, yeah making something out of it is, is huge because you can go through this and not make anything out of it. You can just like sit with it, but then to like, you know, use that energy to, um, help other people and like speak life into other people, um, is really healing for yourself as well. And, you know, going back to the whole job thing, I think, you know, with your experience and how they um, weren't very accommodating and empathetic to your situation um, definitely can trigger those feelings of like, this, this, is this really what, where I want to spend my life? Like someplace that's not going to support me in the most horrific time of my life. And I was very blessed to work for an employer who was kind of the complete opposite. And, 
super accommodating and super like empathetic and and it it, it made me um not have those questions about my career path necessarily because i yeah. i there was still joy there and uh, I felt supported and stuff like that. So I think it depends on really like the reactions oh, of it's a, it's just, it's amazing how the reactions of others can influence kind yeah. of your decisions and what you want to do. Um, but yeah, just, you know, taking that, you know, not knowing if this career is right for you and if you need to do something different um, and then gathering all those thoughts, feelings, emotions, and, and, projecting them into a positive path um, and being intentional about that is uh, very healing, I will say. Yes. yes. And I, I think for me too, you know, it took time. Like I, I, you know, of course, um, you know, I took a year just to figure out things because I didn't want to, you know, they say not to make any big changes after something horrific happens in yes. your life for that first year. And I didn't want to do anything that was going to like hurt my family or anything like that either. It was yep. just, it really did. It painted things in a different light for me. And it also speaks to where I was at too. Mm -hmm. Like I was not in it anymore to win it right in that mm -hmm. field. And it wasn't necessarily because they did follow protocols and procedures exactly how, you know, legally you have to follow them. So they did all of those things. Like they did the minimum, you know, which is fine. Um, yeah. But it is like, and that's great. Like, I'm not saying I'm, I'm at least grateful for that. Right. Mm -hmm. But in the same sense though, it did. And, I honestly wouldn't take back my journey either because it did lead me to where I am today. Yeah. And it helped me to really open my eyes to see um, because I might not have, you know, founded Chasing the Rainbows or started this um, if it wasn't for that. So, you know, I do hold on True. to that gratitude of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great perspective. And I think that's, that's a good way to look at everything in life is, you know, looking back and like, gosh, this, this, and this happened and look what it, look, look what, became of it um and seeing the yes. positive in it yeah and everything was like a stepping stone and led me to yes. here today so um and you know i think also too then it had me question as well like how do i spend that free time that i have right like my evenings mm -hmm. and my weekends and that was a huge thing and who do i share it with and so you know looking at everything it's like if i don't want to go do something or if i didn't like if it wasn't going to fill up my cup, I'm not going to go do it. And, um, and there's things like as a parent and as a spouse, you know, you need to do and to support one mm -hmm. another and those kind of things. I understand that. And of course I'm going to show up, but it's a different way of living though, because yes. you want to be present. You're there physically and you're di like, you disconnect from everything else around and you make those solid memories. Yes. And like, I am so much more present with my family today than I ever have been and disconnected from technology and, you know, all those things mm -hmm. outside of work because of realizing I need to take in every moment I can because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, yeah. from our losses. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I found, so after going through our losses, I found my no voice <laughs> because prior yes. to that, I was like, you want to do this? Yes. Can you handle this? Yes. Can you do this? Yes. Like I was that person where I Me would just take too. it on and take it on. And like, after I went through these losses, I started saying no. And there is so 
there's nothing wrong with saying no. You should say no. Like you, yes. you cannot take on, and this is where living intentionally comes into play because, you know, I, and, and the other thing is like my husband and I, so we would go hang out with friends and do this and that. And like, we are that couple now who would want to just sit at home together yeah and just be at our house and like we don't yeah you know not that we don't occasionally like going out but we would m- much rather spend time with each other together without anybody else and like th- that's our happy place and that kind of I think all stemmed from our losses because we weren't always yeah. like that um and yeah. now that's exactly how we are and it's just us being intentional and like we enjoy our time together and we, and we make sure that that's a priority um, and just kind of, you know, prioritizing family. And again, those things that are most important to us. Well, exactly. Right. And you know, what's interesting is the whole no concept, right? Yeah. Early on. And I've been told this before, um, you know, and someone who's, you know, had a huge impact on my life. No is a complete sentence. Yeah. 100%. do yes. not need to explain myself. Nope. And that's what's interesting because every time I would say no or like I felt like I had to have an excuse to not do something for somebody. Yes. And then I would really like drag it out and I would be like, okay, yes. this is reasons why. And it's like, why am I explaining myself? Why do I have yeah. to do this? And realizing that it's okay to just to say no. And yeah. I, I setting those healthy boundaries is so important. And yes. I learned that through losing Brooke. Yeah, for sure. Yep. No, I, I agree. Um, saying no. And I used to do that too. Like, no, but it's because I have this, and I think it's because we yeah. feel guilty for saying no. Um, yeah. but hundred percent, no is a complete sentence. And I have found that it is pretty well received because honestly, like the yes. more you say, the more it sounds like an excuse, like you're not telling the yes. truth. Like, yes. Just, yes. No, no. I'm so sorry. I can't do it this time. Sorry. Period. No. No. Yep. And that's it. Just nope. (laughs) Nope. And, um, and, and honestly, I think because of the amount of guilt, blame and shame that I felt right after Mm -hmm. losing Brooke, right. That fuels our traumas, fuels our losses and things like that, that saying no, doesn't feel as guilty as those feelings did. So I I have a lot easier time saying no. Um, I think that's right. Like, I I really think that's probably what it is, is, I mean, that's, that was a good point. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is too, when you're saying this about like your hubby and like you guys like now saying, and we do take out a lot. We used to go out to restaurants and want to do date nights, like Friday nights are our date nights. And um, we've always done that, especially when we were going through secondary infertility to like keep the romance alive, you know, yeah, and all those, right. um, different <laughs> things. Cause you know, we're trying to like, yeah, you know, but anyways, and, um, <laughs> and it's like, like wine dine me, you know, like, you know, right. just chicken, but Uh, but it is that, but then we've gotten to the point now that we're like, okay, let's just go do like real quick. Like let's order in something. Let's do Grubhub, you know, or just keeping it simple because we do love being home together in a room and actually conversing. Like it is a whole, and it did take us. Okay. So right after our loss, we were not good at that. Um, it took us several months to get back on the mm. same page and on the same track again and stuff. And cause we struggled with each of us grieving in such a different way. Um, yep. but it brought us back so much stronger together and we really truly do enjoy each other. And it's yep. like that to me, that connection and feeling those connections with people. And it's like, I feel it with lost survivor mom community, you know, mm. I feel it with 
like other people that have been through horrific losses. I also feel it with people who've been through tragedy. Like I just feel like they're, they're my people, you know, they get what true pain is. Um, and they're the ones that, you know, are the most empathetic and compassionate people. And I'm like, you know, they're, that's who I want to spend my time with who get me and I don't have to make excuses for myself or who I am or what I do. They get it. I don't even have to explain yourself or anything. Yes. You don't have to like, you know, if you don't want to do something, you don't have to explain yourself. They get it. They totally get it. Cause, cause this is really like, you know, these thoughts and feelings of, not wanting to go out or not doing this, that, and it comes and goes, but like, there's definitely yes. still, again, I'm eight and 10 years out from our losses. And like, I, I still have moments and yeah. of like grief and sadness yes. and, you know, these, and, and to be surrounded by people who get that is so yes. important. Yes. Agreed. And I think it also too goes to say like, not just like with the people in our lives and how we spend our free time and stuff, but it's even like going to like vacations and holidays and all those things too. Like mm-hmm. who, where are we going? What are we doing? And realistically, we usually just get a house on the beach. That's how we like to vacation. And mm-hmm. it's literally just on the beach, in the house, to eat lunch on the beach. Like it's very simple. We don't go anywhere. We, we make the food in the house, but it is just like, and it's like basically doing what we're doing at home, but we're on a beach instead and laying out and collecting seashells. And, but it's living in those moments and fully Mm -hmm. like, I used to have to like fill up our vacations. I was like, we have to go go go-karting this day. We have to go mini golfing this day. We need to go out to this restaurant. We have to do this and that. And to not live in that chaos because all I'm mm. seeking now is peace of everything, you know, in our lives that it's yeah. like, it, it is so beautiful to live in that intention and meaning and purpose and all of it. Like I just, and, and like soaking I, in the, the simple moments. And I think that's a, the yeah. other thing is like, I, you know, we, I was always the same way too, very busy. And, and I still yes. like, I mean, I've got a full plate of stuff yeah. going on and like, yeah. but I still try to like, you know, my daughter loves to play Uno. I mean, this is like, she's six. Like oh, this is her I thing. If we're not playing yeah. 15 games, games of Uno a day, like there's a problem. And she's just right. like, I try to sit there and play with her and just really try to be in the moment and the simplicity of just sitting there and playing a card game with my daughter, you know, right. like those are such great moments. And like, it's not the um, big, you know, plan to go here and there and do yeah. this and that it's the sitting at the table playing Uno with my daughter. Like those are exactly. the moments now that are so precious. Yes. And it is, it's that like deep connection. And it's like you said, the simple things that are really, truly the big things in our life. And Mm -hmm. I almost, I feel like after we've gone through, you know, trauma, tragedy, loss, just wanting those, like we said, you know, that simple and, um, you know, peaceful, it's, it's like, that's all we're really seeking after all the chaos and everything that we just had to live you know, with and continue to learn how to live with. Yes. But now that it's, you know, after a couple of years, it's, it's settled down a little bit. I mean, you know, 
like we mentioned, good and bad moments and things still, but it's not that constant, like I'm getting taken under by a wave now. Yes. And it's like, that's all I want is just like piece of everything in our lives across the whole entire board, you know? Yes, absolutely. And finding the joy in the, in the simple and, and, and and also I think appreciating it when things are simple and everyone's healthy, everyone's content, everyone, you know, like before you're like, okay, everyone's good. Well, now it's like, everyone's good. Like this is, you just appreciate that so much more. Yes. Cause I felt like, like when you're in, well, for me, like, and you know, I don't want to speak for everybody. Right. But when I'm in that rat race of life before we went through, you know, our losses and like, I was going through the motions, like working 60 hours a week and constantly needing to be at a networking function and going out to dinner and doing this and entertaining guests and all of these things. And it's like, I don't want none of that like anymore. You know, I just, I like, like to me, that's not what life is about anymore for me. And that's great if that is what it is for others. But I, I almost took for granted, like our health, for example, like nothing really scared me with it before. And then last week we all got the flu and my son, you know, he's older and he started spiking some high fevers and that like really took me right back to, and it was right around Brooke's birthday. And it took me right there to like, oh my goodness, something bad's going to happen from this. Yes. And so like, I wasn't sleeping. I was like checking his temperatures at all times, but it really like, I was just afraid something worse was going to happen or come out of it. And that's why yeah. I'm so grateful that it didn't because we hear horror stories, right? And we've yes. lived it. We've lost our, one of our children, you know, before our children, like a, you know, a few of them. And it's just like, how can I just get everybody back to a healthy, you know? Yeah stable, um, yeah, you know, way is really all I'm seeking now. Right. Yeah. And, and then when it happens, it's so like, there's just like this contentment that fills your heart, you know, it's hard to explain, but it's just this, like this peace that, uh, like all is well. (laughs) Yeah. Parenting after loss is so difficult. I mean, it's hard for us not to go to worst case scenario when we're living it, you know, every time. Yeah. I I just like, this is a prime example. Like my daughter was having headaches. She's got a brain tumor. Like that's what I'm thinking. Like that's where my head goes. She's got a brain tumor. It's a headache. Yeah. (laughs) But to me, I know I'm like, okay. Like not thinking, Oh, it's a headache to me. I'm like, Oh, it's, it's gotta be a brain tumor. <laughs> right. It's just, it's, you know, it, and it happens all the time. Just like with your, your son being sick and it's oh. like, oh. oh my gosh, what's, he's going to have a, like a febrile seizure or something like something horrible oh. is going to happen because you know, oh my goodness. <laughs> that's just and, where and we go. Thinking, it is. And you know, what's interesting is how we found out we like our household was getting hit with the flu was I get a call from a school saying that his heart rate's 126. And I'm oh, like, stop. what? Oh my and gosh. then they were like, yeah, a couple hours before that, it was like 115. And I'm like, <gasps> where was my phone call then? Like, and they said, well, he laid oh. down and then he was fine. And I was like, oh my goodness. But my mind went straight to something's going on with his heart. 
And I need to get him into urgent care emergency room. So I call our local hospital. Like, what do I do here? They got a doctor on the phone pretty immediately with me. And then here by that time, then the school calls me back and they're like, oh, we checked his temperature and he has a 103. And I'm like, oh, there's the, that's why his heart rate's like off the charts. He has a fever. It all makes sense now. His body's fighting something. But during that time, I'm like, they were like, he had no other symptoms. I'm like, no other symptoms. And he's dizzy. And he has like a 126, of course. You know, and like heart problems do come on really quick, you know. Yeah. Oh, yes, I do. But then like it was like there's like a couple minutes of adrenaline. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, I need to call an ambulance to go pick him up from school. Like, you know, it was just like the whole nine. And and it's like one of those things that how do we as survivors snap ourselves out of that? Like if somebody has a trick, let me know, because it has been 10 years and I still do it. Like, yeah, I I get into this like headspace that's. worst case scenario and it's really hard to like snap out of it and be like okay let's think logically here like yeah you know what are the chances that it's a heart condition in a 13 year old like you know like you you just but it's really 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 hard after you have experienced something so traumatic to not go there um yeah I wish there was like a magic potion or something to like drink in those moments where we could be like, Oh, we're thinking clearly now (laughs) because we certainly do not think clearly. Yes. (laughs) No, no. And I go right down those rabbit holes, but I think that's also because these are traumas, you know, and we not only know the statistics, I am a statistic now, you know, I'm that, you know, one in four that lost the baby, you know, and it's like all those things. And And it's like, if it already happened to me, it can happen again. And that's the sad reality of it all. And I I honestly don't, you know, know or, yeah. I mean, I would like to think I'm like the meditating type and, um, you know, or or like, you know, I can, I can try to like do some breath work and do my dragon or, you know, ocean breaths in those moments. Um, (laughs) But they come on so quickly and then, you know, it does take me and then it's like, okay, I think my husband's always like my voice of reason. Like I call him and he's like, okay. Let's like, yeah, let's take it. And I think, think, take a breath. (laughs) Yeah. I also think like Brie, like you and, you know, other lost survivor moms are my voice of reason. I can talk to them about this and they're like, I get where you're coming from, but did you think about this? Or like, cause like we have those moments and it happens frequently because. Well, you're, you're in this fight or flight. And like, when you're like, I mean, just me going into the medical part of it, like you're, there's chemical changes that are happening. And like, when you're in that fight or flight, there's really to to get yourself out of it yourself is not typical um usually it's yes. triggered by something else like a voice of reason or you know yes. something like that so yeah having that person in your corner is definitely helpful in those situations <laughs> yeah agreed agreed well and i think that's why it's so important like when i go to like support group right like and, and yeah a couple times a day it's like i go in there and i'm like okay i have this thought and you know what's interesting is they're like me too me too me too and it's like thank you like it's not just like me and but yeah. then like hearing what they've done or like how they've like you know managed and and it's great because it's like okay i can find my own way maybe in these situations and well and you know sometimes it's worse than others but like yeah hearing a heart rate of 126 just like whoop, there goes my blood pressure yeah and i think that's where um um empowering yourself with knowledge and listening to other survivors like that's what i love about the support groups too is like 
you're adding tools to your tool belt. Like every time, like if you're faced, cause you don't know, like you'll hear a survivor talk about a situation that maybe you haven't faced, but let's say six months down the road, you face it. Well, you're going to remember that little nugget of information that was planted into your brain that you you can now use to help you through a situation. So, and, and you could provide that for somebody else. So like, that's what I love about that community. Right. And it is, it's hearing what others are doing and then forming your own way because like, you know, you'll hear different stories, different ways that people did it. And then it's like, okay, well, let me try this way. Let me try that way. Or let me do this. And then you find your own. And that's, what's really important because on any given day, I could need something completely different. One day I might need tough love. One day I just might need um, consoled, you know, like it's all those things. So it is just trying to find like, what's going to work in that moment, you know, especially when there's overwhelming feelings come up like they do. Um, but you know, going back to like, just to wrap this up with the, like living intentionally, um, you know, also something that was really hard for me that I had to learn, especially after, you know, a couple days of grieving, then having to return to reality, life, work, society out in public, um, was needing to look at people's intentions and not mm. the words and mm-hmm. actions speak louder than words in these scenarios. Yeah. And that's the thing too, because it was like what people showed up for me in those moments. And even if they didn't have the best words, right? Because like people say things that they heard another loss survivor say, and it can't be a candid phrase because it doesn't work for everybody. And one day right. I might say it and then the next I might not believe it, you know, but it yeah. is just like being that listening ear. But it's like what people actually showed up and were there and through it, like even to this day, like not ones that were there at the beginning for the first week or two and then, you know, disappear or ones that avoided yeah. me. You know, you remember each of the people yeah. who were there, who avoided you, who said things like yeah. you do, you, it like is resonating with you. Sticks with you. Yep. It does. Yeah. It does. And it's, uh, it's like you're in your deepest, darkest moment and the words and the actions speak so loud um, because you're so in tuned because you're so desperate to hear something or have something done that will make you feel better so that when it doesn't happen, it has a bigger impact on you than it would if you weren't seeking peace so desperately. Yes. It's, it's so true. And honestly, I remember so much the people that would just sit with me and listen and allow me. And it's really people who have gone through, like I said before, you know, once I've gone through like this horrific losses and things like that, that understand pain and that just didn't shut you down, you know, because I get it. The intentions are pure. People don't want to see you hurting. And they think by saying things like, no, don't think that way. Or, or no, no, like they said, it wasn't your fault. Or at least you have another child or, you know, God has a plan or everything happens for a reason. They're trying to say those things to like, get you to change your mindset when realistically that's not helpful. Cause now it makes me isolate and stuff more. Yes. Um, Cause now I feel like I can't talk to you about it. Cause now you're just going to always like not validate me and not, yeah. I don't feel seen and heard. Um, yep. and it is really, yeah, it really goes back to that, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, that's the most important thing is like all of those things, their intentions are always so good and they're always trying to right Give you like a fresh perspective, but yes. when you're grieving, there is no changing your perspective. Like, it no. is not something that's 
it can be changed by somebody's words. It's something that has to morph over time that you yes. process internally. And, um, yes. you know, and, and that's why, like, you know, I, I, and I always like people, people always say stuff and, and you kind of, it's cringy and you're like, oh my gosh, please don't say that. But I yes. know their, their hearts are like, their intentions are good. It's just, unless you've experienced that kind of grief, you don't quite understand yeah. that nothing you can say or do is going to change what's happening with me right now. So please just validate me and just be here yes. with me. Um, don't try yes. to change my thinking. Cause it's not, it, it just can't happen right now. Like that's got to come with from within myself. And I had to also like realize like who I could process out, like out loud with, right. Like yeah. who can I actually talk about like my deepest fears, all of these things that are arising. And it really was like the blame, shame and guilt that I was feeling that I needed to keep getting out because if not, it was eating at me. And I was like, yeah. if I just say this out loud, then maybe it takes, like we talked about, it takes that power away from it. It also helps yep. me with the healing process. And the more I say it, then the less it has over me. And yeah. it really does come down to that. And, and just having that, it's not like I need you to do anything to fix this because it's not going to fix it. Yeah. I just need you to sit here and listen to me as I just like word vomit all over you. And right. then I can go back to doing what I'm doing. And like, I just need that time almost to process this, you know? Well, and maybe um, even saying that to somebody. Yeah, like, yeah. Just saying that to them, because I know for me, I'm a fixer. Like if somebody comes to me crying about something, I'm like, what can I do to help? Like, what can I, right. you know? So I think if, if you have, if it's somebody you're comfortable with and just saying, listen, I don't need you to say or do anything. I'm just going to like, I just need to share yeah. how I'm feeling. And so that they're like, okay, like I can do that. Like, that's what you need. Yeah. That's what I can do. And, and knowing that they don't need you to fix it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it, it really does come down to, like I said, just you know, getting it out and knowing who to do it with too and yes. who you can trust and those safe spaces because that's mm -hmm. the thing too. Um, you know, I had to realize how to compartmentalize, you know, mm -hmm. and especially in like professional settings versus personal settings and who yeah. was truly in my corner and then who wasn't, you know, and like just trying to, it was really hard at first to kind of cut through that fog because yeah. at the beginning, you're just trying to make sense of anything you can in life because everything seems so out of control and chaotic. But yep. then it's like, okay, then once you can like sit back and process and really look at things for what they are, it's like, okay, now I get it. And, yeah. um, and you can truly see things for like, it comes out like more clearer and then, you know, and keeps getting more clearer as time goes on. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brie, for being here today. Um, of course. you know, Yes. And thank you so much listeners for tuning in. Um, we thank you and please follow and subscribe to our podcast to help us reach more survivors so we can all come together as a community. We are always with you in fertility, miscarriage, stillbirth and infant loss survivors. So thanks, thanks for so listening. Much for tuning in. Thanks.